celebrating classics and creating new ones. Only on the Music Vibes Podcast. Now, here's your host, DC Hendrix. This is the Music Vibes Podcast, sponsored by Neat 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 Records and Music, located at 1836 South Calhoun Street in downtown Fort Wayne. Neat 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 stocks LPs and CDs across all genres and is an authorized dealer of Ortofone, Audio Technica, Emotiva, Wharfdale, Project, and more. Please visit neatneatneatrecords.com for more information. This is the Music Vibes Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere podcasts are available. Make this fantastic podcast one of your favorites by subscribing to keep up to date. So we do have a, a more fun podcast this week, I think. You know, we get to dig into, and I have to give this guy credit. He was my first video interview ever on YouTube, and the quality shows that. Uh-huh, I'm just going to be real. Obviously, we've come a long way since then, but I've interviewed. This will be the third time I have talked to this guy. Now, this is, I guess this would be our two-year anniversary although it passed that was like earlier in july but we're still doing it it's it's never too late to celebrate an anniversary i suppose so we're going to be joined by chris reed he is the lead guitarist of third eye blind and we're going to be digging into the new the brand new sixth studio album by the american alternative rock band third eye blind it is scheduled to be released october 18th 2019 um i went to the show earlier this year in july and talked to chris myself um and this album has been in the works for a while they had to push it back because of the tour this summer that they did with jimmy eat world but yeah third eye blind is back with the new album screamer personal favorite song that has at least been released prior to the release of the album walk like kings now i played this we played this a few times before we started recording this so how are you feeling i know you know at this point that's my favorite one we've played it like three times Yeah, my favorite is definitely Walk Like Kings. That's what we're doing today. We're digging into the sixth studio album, Screamer. Uh, we're going to learn more about it. Chris Reed, a good friend of mine, lead guitarist of Third Eye Blind, is going to be joining me. It's going to be fun. I don't know if you're going to be able to come with me. No Indiana dates this time, so I'm going to have to make a little trip this time. You bring them here next time. Bring Clyde, the Clyde. Clyde Theater. You, you know you know, I'm going to make my pitch in the interview. <laughs> I'm making my pitch. Clyde Theater, bring on Third Eye Blind. I feel like they would pack that. You tell me that isn't the perfect venue for Third Eye Blind. Tell me the Clyde. Tell me you can't picture Third Eye Blind in the Clyde Theater right now. Absolutely, and I think the building can hold hold all the fans that they have. All right, so let's get into it. Let's talk Screamer, the sixth studio album with Chris Reed, lead guitarist from Third Eye Blind. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> what is up, man? Finally, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Not, man. I'm doing good. It's good to hear from you. So let's catch yeah, up, man. man. Let's start off. How's the tour been going for you, man? How's everything? Uh great. Yeah, really, really good. We've just gotten back from the European tour. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be. Well, today is like the first day of the U.S. tour, so 
we're just just got to the venue just got a cup of tea <laughs> so i finally got you chilling here one look the quick moment you're chilling um so the last time i talked to you i don't even think the cover album was out yet the last time i talked to you so like there's so much to talk to i've seen you obviously since the last time we interviewed i've seen yeah. you because I, I attended the show earlier this year but you know how's everything been going with you in the band since the last time we talked over a year ago yeah, it's just, wait, has it been a year? Oh, well, since I was on the show, but... Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, awesome. I mean, it's just been really, really busy. I mean, you you saw the show. We did a really, really big production on the... On the summer tour, so it was just uh, it was it was just nonstop. That was like over two, maybe three, two and a half months. I think that tour was so like three weeks off. I went over to Europe for a few weeks, and then uh, what the hell did we do after that? <laughs> we had oh, we had a budget. We did like Austin City Limits stuff like that. We did both weekends at Austin City Limits, so Seems we flew out. No, I'm good. Um, flew out to uh, Austin, and we stayed. We did the first weekend of Austin City Limits, and then we stayed there for the week, kind of. In a studio, and uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you heard that, but Kathy was talking about <laughs> production for uh, White Claw here. Um, so, uh, yeah, we had like a week in the studio there, and we we're just working on some stuff. And then we released the Screamer record, we did like a record launch mm-hmm. at uh, Stubbs in Austin, and then mm-hmm. uh, and the night after that, then we did the uh, we did the second weekend of Austin City Limits, and then the day after that, I flew to Dublin. The European tour started off in Dublin a week after that, so I had a week in Dublin with my mate and my family and stuff, you know. And I, Cav, our bass player, and Colin, our keyboard player, came over to Dublin as well. Hey, yeah, seen that. So the last album you guys did, Thanks for Everything, the cover album, and then now you got Screamer. So kind of yeah. just talk about, you know, the thought process behind these past couple of years or so, you know, kind of translating from the cover album to this album. How did everything translate for you personally, Chris? Uh, yeah, um, we, I think when when I joined the band in 2010, we were working on a dopamine record. It was the first record I did with the band. And then you take it till there's nothing left. So put your hands where you want to. Start screaming across the city. I'm naked and pretty. But I know I need nothing. I'm just drugs to you. Still a jones in like a bean. So line me up that dopamine. And it was just six years of changing members and different producers and different studios. And it was just this never-ending quest to find this perfect recording or something and it seemed to just be continually moving and uh, I was going wow this is a really laborious way to work through a record and by the time we got that record out then Stephen was like he said that's it I don't want to do another record <laughs> that takes that long again so the idea then was to just get into the studio and work on songs and then as we have a new song we record it and then you know when we have a collection of songs together we just put it as an EP and try to look at them more as like not as a finished piece but as like a, a time shot, like a mm-hmm. a freeze frame moment of that's what that song was at that particular time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of going to Screamer here. So this album, just got to start off before we start previewing, just fantastic. I'm really glad we finally got it because you teased me a little bit um, the last time yeah. I seen you. You're like, it's done. So I'm like, all right, where is it? And uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's finally out. We finally got it. So let's let's kind of dig into the album a little bit. So a couple tracks that I marked, start with my personal favorite here. So Walk Like Kings is my favorite song on the entire album. I've played it probably a thousand oh, times, nice. probably a thousand times since it's been out. So I'm going to retrack, you know, Walk Like Kings, what it's supposed to be about i know steven really poured it out on that when you killed it on the guitar as usual um and let's kind of dig into walk like kings 
Yeah, um, this is a glue that Carla had come up with, and uh, we just all kind of jammed on it. And um, it was originally, I think it was originally called, what, what was Walk Like King called before it was called Walk Like King? Oh no, it's Tropic Scorpio. Yeah, it's a different song. Forget, forget what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, that groove was kind of like, and we just wanted to get like a Nile Rogers kind of guitar, sort of, ah. on, the, on the choruses on it and stuff like that. And just get that kind of really funky, because the, the rhythm is so sparse and really funky and really groovy. And then, so then the guitar just paints over that with, uh, with, with the funk, you know? Basically, is it like an uplifting song, you know, kind of trying to get people's spirits up a little bit to say you, pretty much you can be what you want to be? Is that what you guys are aiming for? Well, I think lyrically there on that one, like usually, I mean, you have to talk to Steven about it, but like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm overseeing a lot of the video content that the band does right now. And so the lyric videos that were coming through mm-hmm. for different songs came along. And I remember from the Walk Like Kings lyric video, <clears throat> we were back, you know, going around the idea of like, well, the song title is very grandiose, like Walk Like a King, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, But what we needed to have the, the girl doing the video for it realize that the song is kind of more about you know, the transience of of the the moment, let's say. So mm. it's like the the chorus goes like it's only going to last for a moment, so walk like king. So it's like bring the best that you have today because, absolutely, uh, you know, it's not going to be there forever kind of thing. You know? Absolutely. Love it, love it, love it. That's why it's my favorite song. Also, introduce us to, so we had some change over in the band. Kind of tell us about what's different with the band now. Uh, yeah, Colin came in, and uh, Colin's a writer-producer from California that we worked with. We've worked with him for like the last couple of years. He's kind of just been in the background, kind of working on stuff with us. We'd go into the studio with him and his writing partner, Curtis Peoples. And uh, we just bounce ideas off each other. And, you know, he's just a little bit of a whiz kid. And he's uh, a really strong singer. And uh, he plays guitar and he plays... He didn't play keyboards, but after uh, Alex Cobb decided to move on out of the band, uh, the natural choice was Colin. He was already one of our mates. He was already kind of in the group chat. Hmm. You know what I mean? So it was an easy an easy fix and, and to bring him in. And it's just, you know, we've all become fast friends, in particular him and Cavi. have become <laughs> like, they, they, they have so many things in common. It's amazing. So they're, they're like best mates now. That's very important. Very important. And I, I just have to tell you this because I don't know if you've seen this because I deleted it since. But I was trying to tweet out, you know, about the about the new album when it came out, t- talking about how fantastic it was. And I started getting some retweets. So I was getting excited. You know, yeah, let's go. And uh, I check it and I tagged the wrong Brad. Um, <laughs> so when yeah, I. Yeah, there's another. Yeah, there's a Brad Hargreaves who's a football player or something. Is he? I don't know what the hell he was, but I tagged the wrong one. And uh, Steven caught on to that. And. And he retweeted. <laughs> well, the guy Brad says, "Yeah, big team effort" or something like that. And then Stephen replies to that tweet and says, "Yeah, Cheerio team" or something like that. And I'm like, "Yeah." So I retweeted, it thinking he's just retweeting me. So I'm all excited. And then I, I and then I check right. in it's the, the wrong fucking Brad. I felt like an idiot. Oh, I'm so upset. So I had to, I had to tell you about that. I was so embarrassed. I just deleted it, man. I had because you guys obviously have a big fan base that we talked about, and people are like started. Somebody replied and was like, "Hey, that's the wrong Brad," and I'm like, "Holy hmm. shit!" I'm like, God damn it, of course. So I. So you deleted it. You should have left it up, man. That's funny. I know. I should have. I was just the only one in the group who doesn't have his. He doesn't have his social media verified. I'm not. I'm not sure if he has it. 
Yeah, he's verified. There's just verified another him. guy. Verified like, on one of them, and he's not verified in the other or something. I can't remember. He, yeah, it's so weird. He wants to keep it private, and that's one of the. That's good. That's one of the prerequisites. You have to make it public to have it be a verified account. So we're the social media guru. Yeah. Uh, get us all verified a while ago, and uh, thirty years ago, you know. And, yeah. Um, I think Brad stepped back from it. He didn't want to make his thing public or something. So, I like that. So I like that. To make. But yeah, I think there's, it's some football player or some sporty <laughs> guy or something. And he's like at Brad Hargraves. Yeah. But Brad's Twitter handle is um, at just Brad 23. That's right. <laughs> nice little shout out to, to the real Brad. So get, mm-hmm. be sure be sure to follow the real Brad. That's the lesson. If you learn anything today, that's what you should learn. And at least Colin fi- <laughs> Colin found it, so I got the right Colin. And then Steven obviously uh, yeah. found it because he retweeted it. So I guess it, the band found it, I guess. But, yeah, I just had to yeah. tell you about that. I was so fucking embarrassed. So um, <laughs> <laughs> getting back to the album, though, man, I, I just I just got to tell you. So, all right, let's, let's go to the self-titled. Let's go to self-titled Screamer. So you guys had a nice little, I, I guess, it's not really cameo but featured a nice artist on this song that i think kind of took the levels i mean kind of you know took it to a new level with you know that's female singer on this and i think it's alexis that was singing on this alexis kraus yeah. kraus is it kraus or cross uh cross yeah that's right yeah she, she sounded fantastic with you guys on the self-titled song so let's start with that let's go to that now screamer the self-titled song um just kind of tell the listeners yeah. what they can expect from that song uh, yeah, well, we had that song basically finished completely in the studio, and uh, there were two additions to it that we were talking about. I spend a lot of time over in Japan, I think. I'm sure you know that. Yeah. And so uh, when we were in the studio, we were we were doing the, the intro chant where we all, get you guys ready, get it like that. <laughs> I was I was playing around with at that time TikTok had just sort of started to surface as the next kind of social media platform of any merit, mm-hmm. and uh, so I was messing around with TikTok and just going through and seeing what people were putting on it, and uh, there were some Japanese girls that were dancing, and you know Brad looked at it and he was going like, God, that's what we should do for the video for screen. We should have like Japanese girls. like they're perfectly dancing in time with the thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, no, we should actually just record, get some Japanese girls to actually do the, get you guys ready. Get you. So yeah. I happened to be going to Tokyo like a week after that. So um, I met up with my mates in Tokyo and uh, we went to the studio and we got the, the girls in and, and got them to to do the, get you guys ready, like that. <laughs> and I sent it back. So at the very, very beginning of the record, if you listen to the very, very beginning of Screamer, you can hear the girls laughing because I was, as we had the microphones running and I was recording it with them. Uh, I don't know if you know the experience of having four Japanese schoolers, essentially. Like, Unfortunately, I don't. Like, well, when you, have, like, <laughs> when you put uh, four Japanese girls together with, uh, with 20-year-old Japanese girls together with microphones in front of them, it's just a, a machine gun of of, uh, of language going back and forth with, and interspersed with yeah. ridiculous laughter and stuff. So, so the very, very, very beginning of the record, you can hear the girls giggling as they're about to do a take. And then after that, uh, he was talking about having somebody sing the choruses and stuff with him on the on the track. And it, he says it was me. I remember we, we talked about a bunch of different people, but mm-hmm. I I was going, who's the... Ah? I was like, who's that bird? Get her. And he was like, Sleigh Bells? And I was like, yeah, the bird from Sleigh Bells. Get her to do it, you know? <laughs> and uh, he was like, okay, that's brilliant. So, yeah, he called her up and she loved the idea and she... She recorded it, and it sounds amazing. And then 
we were we shot a video for it and uh Alexis came out and did the video with us as well. And in the video they actually scream at each other. Oh wow. And uh and yeah, and so on set when she screamed full on at the at uh, Colin or whoever she was screaming at, I mean it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> piercing and loud and she just has uh i'm, I'm speaking to devil collins coming in pull that door off you mate um so uh yeah so she yeah she killed it no. the thing is that after the fact people are going like oh alexis class like you can hear her influence on the track and it's like the track was recorded and written and finished and she came in at the very very end you know yeah so but, yeah she sounds awesome I love it. I love it. And I'm leaving all of that in, by the way. I'm li- I'm leaving all that, the knock in the background, Colin coming. I'm leaving all that in here. I think that's badass. I think that's, re- that's, like, that's some good stuff. Um, so, yeah, I w- <laughs> wanted to get to that. Wanted to get to that. So I just marked a couple of more here. And then I, we got to get everyone to listen to the song. We're going to promote the tour. And then I'll let you get back to business. I know you got tons of things to get to. So I marked a couple of more. Let's move to one that's kind of grown on me a little bit. Now, when I first heard it, um, I was in the car. And you know how that is. You're driving. Sometimes you're listening. Sometimes or not you know you kind of zone off a little bit but this is one that really has grown on me over the last few days and that is turn me on When I first heard this, I, I, I don't know if I really like listen, listen to it. I'm a person that if I'm not like sitting down with headphones on and listening to every single word, then I'm not really going to get what it's supposed to be about. But Turn Me On has definitely grown on me. So kind of tell the listeners about Turn Me On. It was this weird arrangement that we had for the song. Mm-hmm. For the song, excuse me. And uh, we kept changing it around. And Stephen was going like, oh, it should be more. Because the structure of the song is a little bit unusual. Mm-hmm. And Stephen was trying to structure it more kind of uh, traditionally. Mm-hmm. And and we were in the studio for like a week or two, I think it was at Sonic Ranch in El Paso. And then we were back home, we were back, we were back like uh, off, off tour, we were back home essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was just listening to the song and I just texted Stephen and said, the arrangement is perfect. We don't need to change it. Let it be weird. It <laughs> is weird. And I love that. I love that it's weird. And then the only thing that got added after the fact then there was that Stephen kind of but this, he went off to, I'm, I'm going to say Bali, I might be wrong, but he was off somewhere mm-hmm. doing this, this surf thing, he loves going surfing, mm-hmm. uh, with some mates, and uh, and he kind of wrote this kind of meandering sort of uh, stream of consciousness part uh, towards the end of the song, and it just runs out on that, it, uh-huh. and, and it kind of makes it even weirder again. And then when it comes back in, I just had this... Uh, this uh, kind of strokesy, kind of loose, almost like Rolling yeah. Stones kind of guitar, and down, 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 this kind of thing. Yeah. And we just brought that in at the very, very end. And so structurally, it's really odd and really unique. And uh, it's actually what we're currently ending our main set. With. Yes. So yes. the song. Uh, oh no! You know, forget what I said. You <laughs> would light it up. <laughs> but turn, turn me on is. An unusual structure, yeah. and 
I love it. And I think that's what makes it a grower is because when you listen to it, originally, you know, initially when you hear it on first listen, you kind of go, like, well, it doesn't sound like there's a verse and chorus and verse and chorus and then yeah. bridge and then chorus out or whatever the traditional arrangement would be. So it's a little bit odd. So I think it is going to be one of those tracks that sneaks in, grows on people. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely grown on me. And that's why I wanted to highlight that. I love the weirdness on it, how it, you know, as you mentioned, the structure of it. And that's exactly what I enjoyed about it. So just a couple of more I wanted to get to. And then we got to get the listeners to check out some of these tour dates. So one I wanted to mention as well, two X Tigers. So let's get to that one. And remember all the days, all the days to come You'll be glad when you're sad First question before we even get to the song: What is Stephen Jenkins' rap name? Spaven. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not sure. Spaven. <laughs> I can ask him. Let's let's, let's give him one because I think he deserves one after this. The Two X Tigers. I think we need to find a rap yeah. name for him after this. Now it's a little bit different for you guys. And yes, as you mentioned, I think you told me before you guys were going to try to you know branch off a little bit. And this is one. It's a little bit different, but I really enjoyed it. So hmm. Stephen's rapping a little yeah. bit on this Two X Tigers. Yeah, I love that song. I mean, when we were we recorded that in Cayman Islands, it makes us sound like such haughty, haughty, high flyers. But we were out in Cayman Islands. We did a show out there, and we had I think it was two weeks off. Mm-hmm. And we were like, well, let's just have a house out there. And there's a house out there with a studio in it. And we're like, well, let's just live in the house, hang out in Cayman Grand Cayman, it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, work on some new songs. And we were just working on a bunch of songs. And uh, that was one. We had our mate Brian Brian um, Benno. Mm-hmm. Fallon? Fennel or Fallon? I always get it mixed up. I think it's Fennel. He used to be the singer in a band called Barcelona, and now he is his own solo act called Simmel. S-M-Y-L or S-Y-M-L. I can't remember. It's some variation on that. But uh, he's a, a phenomenal singer and an amazing songwriter and just an all-around great bloke. And so he hung out with us and came, and then he came up with this 2X Tiger thing with Stephen. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just Stephen had tons of lyrics, and he said, okay, let's just roll with it. And he recorded it, and I think it was like 11 minutes long or something like that. And then they wow. just chopped it down and got into the, you know, I like this feeling when you feel it, you know, find all the kind of hooks in it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. At the time when Stephen was recording it, I was going, why? Why are you recording something with all that crazy auditory on it? It's like, you're such a good lyricist. I want people to be able to hear what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't want it to be too cloudy. So that was the only... That was my only uh, criticism of it. And, and then, thankfully, somebody listened to me because they rolled off the other tune to the point where you can make out the lyrics. So yeah. <laughs> I was happy with that. Initially, it was a lot of like, <laughs> it sounded kind of nuts, you know? Yeah, I love that song, too. And it's it's love one it. that's like, it's like it almost has to be on the album. People are still yes. saying, like, oh, it should have just been put out as like a single, nah. you know, and then leave the album as it was. But the crazy thing is, is that it's become this massive talking point now among the fans yes. fan base, you know? Yeah, I loved it, man. I loved it. And we, like I said, we got to find him a rap name, man. You can't, can't be Stephen Jenkins in the rap game. We got to find something catchy. 
You could what spend about little, little Steve? Something little like Steve, little, yeah. Little, little something now. Little yeah, little, little, little Steven. Or, oh, whatever. <laughs> little Jenkins. Little <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him a rap name, mm-hmm. Spitting Bars. <laughs> so um, I wanted to ask you this, too, before we kind of wrap up here. Um, so is this true? I've seen this, like, all over blogs and stuff, but was there some kind of Billy Corgan, Billy Corgan influence on this album? Uh, yeah, well, Billy came in. Billy's an old mate of Steven, so Billy came in uh, to work on a couple of songs. They just thought it would be fun to sit wow. down and work on some songs together. So. Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I know. And it's funny, I met Billy years ago <clears throat> before I played in Third Eye. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. We're all getting over our European gold right now. But I met Billy years ago before I played in Third Eye. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've been a massive fan of his guitar playing and his songwriting and his, yeah. his band and all the solo things he's done. Basically, everything he does, I'll always give it a listen. It's just, there's always something in it that's amazing. And uh, so for me, so I was, I'm the only, I may be the only, I, I don't know if I'm speaking out of turn, but I may be the only one of the band who's like a massive Billy Gorgon fan. Okay. Even knows him as a contemporary because they came up with him at the same time and they were mates, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so he's a different relationship with him. And then same with Brad, you know? And then uh, Cav's a bass player, so he's into bass players. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like, Billy Gorgon's cool. You know, <laughs> that's the extent of it. And then same with Colin. Colin's like, yeah, it's cool. But so when Billy came in to, to hang out, and stuff like that. Ah, uh, we ended dope. up geeking out a lot together because uh, I was I just couldn't stop talking to the man. <laughs> I was like, "And what about what do you think about that?" You know, and um, and then he, he gave me this most lovely compliment. We did we did a gig in L.A. at the Roxy okay. for it was like the idea was we were going to rehearse for a week in L.A. We rented a house in L.A. We rehearsed for a week in L.A. and then we'd just go play like it was one show in L.A. and two shows in New York. And they were like really small venues, and we were just going to go and just play our new record mm-hmm. as much of it as we could get through. And then Stephen was going to do a couple of songs acoustically himself, and then we were going to come back in and play, you know, a couple of like deep cuts that we never play live, kind of thing, you know. And yeah. that's basically what the gig was going to be. So at the beginning of the week, we were like, okay, we're going to play the new record. It's going to be twelve songs or eleven songs or whatever. <laughs> we're going to play the whole fucking thing. So we're trying to work out how to, you know, after you record everything in the studio and then you kind of, you know, deconstruct it then afterwards and get it all ready for live production and live mm. performance. So we're just basically mapping out the songs and how we do all of that. So our goal, I think, was 10 songs and we played nine. So wow. at the beginning of the week, we were like, we can totally do 10. Mm. And by the end of the week, we were like, we're definitely going to do nine. <laughs> we're not going to get that other one. So like not now or at that time we weren't, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, so we went and did that and Billy came out to the show on the Roxy. And so we were hanging out in the, in the backstage room. And then after the gig, he said two things. So before the, the show, he said, whatever you do, and he's got this funny voice, you know, yeah. and he goes, whatever you do, whenever, when you're out there playing, don't look, don't look at me. If you look at me, <laughs> it's because I just, nobody does disappointment like me. And I, you're just going to look at my face and you're going to think I hate, Everything that's happening. <laughs> so we're like, okay, so don't let Billy while we're performing. And then after the show, um, our photographer Stephen Albanese was taking some pictures, and he was going, "So Billy, what do you think of uh, what do you think of the show, or whatever?" And Billy went, uh, "I thought it was great. I thought it was really great." And he said, and he looked at me and he said, "I really enjoyed watching you play." And I said, "Oh, thanks." And then Albanese said, "Like, do you think he's any good as a guitar player?" And I, now Billy Corgan is like one of my guitar heroes, one of my yeah. guitar gods growing up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Billy said, uh, yeah, he, he's a great guitar player. And he said, do you know how I know? And Steve was like, how? Ah. And he said, because he does just enough. 
Mm. That's the mark of a great guitar player. Mm. And so I was just there fumbling over my words, going, oh, thank you, Billy. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a, a lovely compliment. And I turned around to tell everybody, you know, Billy Corgan just sent you. So, um, hop on the yeah, mic real so quick. On, I'm, I'm going to say, I think he worked on two tracks on the record. Okay. Or, he, But he was kind of like, you know, he, he, he had, I mean, I think he wrote on maybe one or two tracks on the record, but okay. he had kind of like a conciliary kind of uh, role. He was just, he was kind of overseeing this stuff like Stephen would just call him up and go what do you think about this right. and it, what's really cute is they have a bunch of voice memos back and forth to each other wow and so right. Stephen we were in rehearsal that week in LA we were in rehearsal and uh, Stephen was like uh, hey Billy sent me this idea last night and Stephen <laughs> I played the voice memo into the microphone <laughs> and it's Billy Corgan sitting down with an acoustic guitar going hey Stephen so maybe on that chorus there if you go to the C and he goes and he plays the C and he goes and he's like singing and playing these chords and then stopping and going blah, blah, blah. Now, we all do that. Right. That's what musicians do. But it's when it's one of your all-time favorite musicians ever doing it. It's a little bit it's different. It's really <laughs> quite a moment. I was like, holy That's shit. That's awesome. <laughs> that's super dope man super dope yeah billy corgan um so to kind of to kind of get to the tour dates man that's fantastic um so we got to get some of that on the album in the future we got to get these voice memos maybe we can import that into a skit or something that'd be dope um and get get those on there so if you were to say a concept of you know for anyone that hasn't heard it yet what can they expect from hearing the album in its entirety on screamer well, the funny thing is, is that it's one of those records that I think our fan base, what, we're be, what we've been hearing back, mm-hmm. our fan base put on the record and play it through. Mm-hmm. One of those albums that people are listening to from start to finish. Yep. So I don't know that there's a concept, you know, that that ties all of that together. Because mm-hmm. to me, all the songs are different enough mm-hmm. from each other, you know. And lyrically, I mean, Stephen's talking about some kind of, I'm not sure that there's a commentary that ties it all together, but certainly people are listening to it from start to finish. It's an amazing sign. Absolutely. That is a great sign. And I've been talking to some of the fans with it and we all enjoy it. I don't think I've seen a, one of the fan base say anything bad about it, really. So um, I, and that brings us to the tour screamer tour. I'm looking forward. Let me see. Let me check the dates one more time. I have the date set to when I'm planning on coming. That is November 22nd, November 22nd. I've already got the night off. I talked to my boss earlier today. Actually, I got November 22nd off. So I'm going to see you in Rockford, Illinois is where I'm going to see you. All all right, so oh, man, we're, we're going all over the place. You gonna have any? You gonna have any time for me, November twenty second? You gonna have some time for me? Drink a couple? Yeah, man, you know it. Always. All right, I'm gonna hold you to it, man. I'll be, I'll be out there. So right. let's grab a car. I know last time I seen you when I came, I couldn't drink because I had to drive back. But November twenty right. second, I'm staying. So I got a hotel booked. My so man. let's uh, let's have some, let's have a good time, man. All right. Sweet, sounds good, man. All right, man. Thanks so much for doing the interview. Enjoy the rest of the day. Kick back, relax, enjoy your tea. Appreciate you coming on, man. Always good stuff. You got it, TH. Anytime, man. Thanks so much to my guy, Chris Reed, for joining us here on the Music Vibes podcast. Looks like I'll be heading to Illinois, Rockford, Illinois, November 22nd to see Third Eye Blind for the second time this year. Fourth, fifth time in the last two years. So a lot of the Third Eye Blind in the last couple of years, but a really good relationship with my guy, Chris. He's awesome. I'm always gracious with his time coming on this podcast. So before we wrap up each and every week, we have a new segment that we started just a few weeks back, almost a month now, and it's called Drop the Needle. So we talked about Third Eye Blind's new album, Screamer, for this week. So why not play a new song from the album i mentioned earlier that my favorite song from the album is walk like kings so here is walk like kings by third eye blind let's drop the needle
with DC Hendrix on the Music Vibes Podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify on your mobile device. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.